They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. You're so Kara Golden. You're so Kara Golden. You're so Kara Golden. You see what we did there? I do. Even Harry Styles knows she's so Kara Golden. I wonder who our guest is today. I'm going to take a guess. Harry Styles? Harry Styles? Yes. That would be so cool. Wouldn't it be? I mean, just as cool as Harry Styles. Well, the person who invented- Arguably. Hint water. Yeah. What more did successful. Harry Styles What did Harry invent? do besides being a shitty boy band? <laughs> right. Right? I dated Taylor Swift. Oh. For fine. a hot second. All right. Well, beyond that, what else did he, he do? He didn't make water. <laughs> That's the truth. He didn't make water drinkable. Right. How's that? Boom. I like what you did there. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for joining us on your favorite podcast. We call it Thoughts That Rock. Yeah. You know why? Because we're going to exchange some life-changing pieces of advice. That's right. We try and do that in about a half an hour, and this is no exception. None. I don't know why we're talking about that. <laughs> what just happened? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, this episode is sponsored by Bookie Call. Love those guys. It's our innovative book discovery platform that we cleverly disguised as a dating app. So get off of eHarmony. Forget about looking for that perfect match. They're not out there. No. Stop looking. Yeah. People suck. You know what you need to do? Start booking up with books. I get it. See what I did there? Book up. Right. Listen. It's awesome. There's far less to worry about. You don't have to worry about no sketchiness. No. None of that at all. Not meeting in a dark alley somewhere. Look, I don't know what type of dating apps you're on. Are you looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't, I don't know what type of dating apps people are on. So just say, this is a much safer, fun way, and to be honest, more rewarding. Yeah. That's right. Listen, if you like the show, and listen, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, you probably do. Like you're a fan Maybe. already. We like all 12 of you. <laughs> Take a moment. Give us a Baker's rating or a review. Uh, that would mean a lot to us, to be honest with you. Not right. just to you know help our egos get bigger. It's Little really... Bit. Is it? A little bit. Okay. For one of us, it's important from an ego standpoint. But for the other, I just really want to highlight the show. I'm sorry. Did I say I just well, called you a, out? A little bit. And it would be great. Like, leave something like, I'm the 14th listener or whatever you want to. Yeah. And you'd probably be correct. <laughs> I'm just saying. But at least it puts uh, eyeballs on our philanthropic partner who we love. We adore these people. They've been so close to us since the very beginning of the show. Started. That's right. Five stars leads to more money that we can donate yep. to Cannonball Kids Cancer. We just did a check uh, writing event That's recently. Right. That's right. And five stars would make one more than the number of listeners we have on every episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you ain't lying. You got to go check them out at CannonballKidsCancer.org. O-R-G. And listen, we know how busy you are. Super and busy. stepping away from your regular day-to-day life, we get it. Super busy. We're in the same camp. Yeah. But it is important to step away and Super amp your life up. Busy. And so this is what we're here for. And we want to give you a couple of those uh, mm-hmm. life-changing pieces of advice. It doesn't really matter what you're doing right Some now. Nuggets. For instance, I don't know. You could mm-hmm. be spraying Windex on your monocle. Uh, my eye. Maybe you're resurfacing your driveway. My feet. Maybe you're crushing baby aspirin in a pestle and mortar. This stuff better work. 
Doesn't matter to us. We just want to be the half hour you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it, Kara. Our guest today is one of my favorite people in the world right now, Kara Golden, who is the founder of Hint Incorporated, best known for its award-winning Hint Water, which I am totally obsessed with right now. If you don't know Hint Water, that is the leading unsweetened flavored water, just makes the art of drinking water, I think, fun. Kara uh, has uh, received numerous accolades, including being named Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017 in Northern California. And she is one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. Brant, you were one of the bad 50. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's different. Different list. Different list, right. <laughs> Before that, Kara uh, was uh, the VP of Shopping Partnerships at America Online. She hosts her own extremely successful podcast, mm-hmm. uh, appropriately named The Kara Golden Show. Um, I just listened to an episode last week with um, Nina Tykold. Is that how you say her name? Tykold's. Uh, her book, Big Fat Surprise, Why Butter, Meat, and Cheese Belong in a Healthy Diet, which is perfect for our Atkins well, lovers out there. After my own heart right there. Yes, yes. literally. <laughs> um, Kara's first book, though, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, was released in October 2020. It's now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. We have tried several times to make this interview happen. Crazy pandemic stuff happened and, and put us on a little bit of a reschedule, but she's here now. Mercury is out of retrograde. Yes, the stars <laughs> have aligned, and we're so thrilled. Uh, first off, Kara, welcome to Thoughts at Rock. Thank you. Excited to be here. Us too. You cannot even imagine. We're, we're so thrilled. And I, and I know that you probably know this just from listening to some of our other episodes. We do things a little bit different versus the traditional interview style. We like to get right to the point of sharing awesome, great pieces of advice. We know you've got a great one in you. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock, number one. So the first one that comes to mind, I have a few of them, but what's the worst that can happen? Uh, So Mm -hmm. I would say that 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 is something that, Whenever I fear something, I'm, I'm a little anxious about it. I always bring that question to the forefront because I've found that when you ask what's the worst that can happen and you think back, I guess it, 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 there's some advantage to being a little bit older and, and, uh, and having uh, maybe a few more experiences where you could actually ask that question, what's the worst that can happen or mm-hmm. think back when you didn't ask that. And then you thought, well, it wasn't that, that bad after all. And so I think like, that's, that's something that, that I always think about. I love it. Where, did that, um, did you have this epiphany moment where that sort of stuck in your head or is that just something that's always resonated with you? Like, where did that come from? You know, I think probably my dad would would uh, say that to me um, early on, and I can hear him saying it over the years and, and you know, business experiences for himself. I, it probably, for me, started very early on as an athlete, uh, and I was a gymnast. I was also a runner, so I would always get really nervous, and, you know, he would just lay it out for me, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen. I mean, I remember him joking about even as I was in gymnastics, like he said, you know, you're, you're in second grade, 
I mean, nobody's really that good anyway. And (laughs) what's the worst that could happen if if you just like, you know, if nothing happens, if you guys really aren't that great anyway. And my poor kids, I've carried that on to they're older now, but into soccer and everything. I'm like, just get out there and just give it your best because, you know, you're none of you are that great anyway. I love it. I th- no, but I think it's it really does when you think about things like that and you carry it into business, I think you just you take yourself a little less seriously because yeah. you know, you put a lot of strain and a lot of stress on, you know, what if you don't get this big deal? What if you um, you know, you're trying to make huge decisions on on something and I think that it sort of parlays into kind of the other piece that I talk a lot about, which is, you know, things are never going to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. so it's something I think a lot about and give advice to entrepreneurs when they're launching their business that obviously, especially as it relates to something that uh, is ingestible, like a drink or or, uh, food, right? You want it to be safe that no one's going to get sick or or worse. Um, Mm. But you know, there's things along the way where delays are not necessary. And you sit there and think about, well, should I do it this way? Should I do it this way? And, you know, more than anything, you're never really going to know until you get it out there in the market. I know you guys are serial entrepreneurs and and you probably feel that as well. Like, oh, yeah, you you delay things because you're like, "Ah, it's got to be perfect. We're waiting on this. We're waiting on this. But as I always tell people too that look, Apple, you know, multi, I guess, trillion dollar company now, or are right. they, you know, that I think was, they are. Yeah. Right. Yes. So they've, they've got a couple of iPhones sitting in that safe and, and Cupertino, right. Yeah. That, that ends up, it's, it's pretty much 95% of the way baked, but they're waiting for consumers to actually share what is going on with the existing product that's out there. And Mm -hmm. so always have that kind of mentality where just get it out there. You're always going to have some learning and then what's the worst that can happen. Yeah. uh, It's a, you know, I think it's interesting as we have uh, in some of our endeavors here and, and with the app with, with Bookie Call, which you can actually find Kara's book on, mm-hmm. uh, it will soon be book of the day. We are yep. very excited about that. Um, but the, the idea of trying to teach ourselves not to say no, but to say not yet, mm-hmm. um, that's really helped in a couple of ways. Number one, it, it sort of appeases the champions of what they want to change. <laughs> so you're not just flat out saying no, if somebody wants to see a change or something move in a different direction, but to say not yet uh, gives you the time to find out what the worst thing could be <laughs> that could possibly sure. happen. Right. And, yeah. and uh, the more information you gather, the better decision you can end up making in the end. But I, I find that it's really interesting, even yourself saying, going back as, as, a little girl and being concerned about those sorts of things, that innate um, competitiveness or, or the ability or finding yourself caring um, a lot about whether it's results or whatever that thing might've been for you. Has that sort of taken through your entire career where obviously if you, if you care at that age, um, 
I would assume that that gets fostered. And, and even your dad saying, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Um, did it expand your willingness to take risks? What, how did that really affect you? Well, it's funny. I'll, I'll share a story that I actually didn't talk about in the book because I forgot about the story until the hmm. book actually launched. And a friend of mine that I grew up with reminded me about the story I talk about. My first job was in a toy store. And actually there was a job before that that I created with my friend Robin when I was 12. I started a summer camp and I was in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's, you know, 112 degrees in, in the summer. Yes. And I wanted money to, you know, go to the mall. And my parents said, no, you're, you're not going to get any money. You have to babysit or, and all the babysitting jobs around the neighborhood were all taken. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I'm like, I'm going to create a camp in some ways. Like I was going to compete with the babysitting jobs. <laughs> yes. I didn't, I, I hadn't figured out that I was going to actually, you know, babysit. So I called up Robin and I said, Robin, we're, we're going to start a summer camp. And she said, a summer camp. And I said, yeah, we're going to start a summer camp. And she said, so what are we going to do? And I said, we're going to go to Safeway and we're going to get a bunch of boxes and we're going to create a city. And she said, so that sounds really hard. I said, no, 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 it's not going to be that hard. We're going to get a bunch of paper towel boxes. They're really big. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put them all together. Okay. We won't do a city. We'll do a town. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden I had taken, I knew she feared the city that sounded really hard, but I said, fine, we'll, we'll do the town. And she said, where are we going to get people? And I said, so we're going to make a sign and we're going to go to the corner and we're going to attract people to come and build this town kids and people are going to drop them off. And she said, so how are we going to charge? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, like, how much will it be? I mean, why are people going to pay us here? She's asking all of these questions. Yeah, yeah, the right questions. She's reminding me about this. And I remember it so well. And I said, uh, we're going to take this cardboard and we're going to put drop your kids off for $5. Can you imagine today? <laughs> oh gosh. You'd have, you'd have a village. <laughs> 12 year olds. Yeah. Just give me your kids. That's right. Good. And they did. And we had wow. no idea what we were doing. And this camp lasted for like six weeks. And then I eventually stopped it because I wanted a summer, but yeah. we had so many people who were, we had waiting lists of this camp. It was crazy. And they were just, you know, continuing. We built this whole town and just kept adding on to it. And I had older, I had older brothers and sisters. And I remember my brother is like 15 years older than me. Kevin came home and he said, I just can't even believe you guys are doing this. Like there's all these kids running around. We, we lived on this orchard. It was, you know, super, super fun. He was like, you know, trying to, trying to like fix his car in the driveway. And like, there's millions of kids running around. It was a little chaotic. And uh, he said, don't you kids like need to get some, like you need to get them some exercise or do something. You can't always just stay here. And I said, so what should we do? And he said, I don't know, but you, you just have to figure out something. 
And so we went down to the local canals and we started going crawdad fishing. And I remember <laughs> my brother said, you can't even like put a worm on a, like you always need me to put the worm <laughs> on it. How are you going to pull this off? And again, like I'm the leader. So I had to, I was like, okay, I'll close my eyes. I'll just put it on. It'll all be great. People still talk about this camp. And no the way. reality is, is that we had no idea what we were, what we were doing, right? <laughs> my goal was to make money to go to the mall. Yes. That was it. That's it. And I didn't know how I was going to get there. And, <laughs> and, you know, it was just, and people had a great time. We, you know, we kept people dropped off their kids for five bucks a day. Everybody was happy. We took That's them so out good. fishing. I mean, it was just, and, and again, like, I think it's a story about going back to what's the worst that can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were, mo there were moments where we had no idea exactly how this whole thing was going to turn out. I think that the thing is, and this kind of goes back to your question here is you got to have one person who's putting stakes in the ground. Yeah. Yep. Like Robin was awesome, but Robin was asking all the questions and yeah. the good questions, right? Yeah. But if you have too many people trying to dot the I's and cross the T's, you'll never go. Yes. Right? Because they're right. You you cannot have everybody rational in the yeah. situation, right? You have to have somebody who is the you know instigator who basically says, let's just go. Let's just yeah. figure it out. You've just I mean, explained our relationship, the entire relationship <laughs> right here. This is all we have. And, and you have to have that. Otherwise, I, I mean, I remember when I was at CNN and I didn't work directly for Ted Turner, but Ted Turner was running around the office. And, you know, there were days when, I mean, CNN was only in 40% of the country. It was like, I think 12% internationally. And Ted Turner was running around saying, the world needs to have news mm -hmm. and they need to understand there has to be a universal news. And there were some days when we were like, I don't know, like maybe they do. How is he going to get it there? I mean, like we're all speaking English. I mean, there's countries that are not speaking English. Ted didn't care. Ted yeah. just stuck that the vision pitchfork in the yep. ground and said, no, it's going to happen. And, yeah. and it eventually did. Yeah. But again, like if you don't have that leader who is doing that, yeah. then it's really hard to grow because you also need the Robins, right? Yeah. You need people who are spurring up, you know, all of the, the questions and the really, really good logistical questions. Like, how are we going to make it happen? But I think in addition to that, you're, you've got to have the, th that person who's putting the stake in the ground. Yeah. It's not that they don't hear those questions. It's just that they prioritize them. Totally. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. they start to think about those things. Maybe they come back to them a couple of weeks later and suddenly it's their idea. Right. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Like, got to start thinking about this but the the bottom line is i think that that is the you've got to have you know kind of i call it the yin and yang 
in in the situation too. Otherwise, these things don't get built, and and that's why teams are important. Yeah, yeah. But, but teams yeah. are really, really tough if you don't have you know the visionary leader who's yeah. coming in and saying and saying, okay, we're going to go do this stuff, and especially when you're creating new categories yeah. or a new company, but if it's yeah. a company that's in a category that is already existing, I think it's yeah. probably a little bit easier, but yeah. I think that it's a really important piece to have somebody that is uh, a little crazy. Uh, we were laughing because you really did speak exactly to our <laughs> hearts. It really, yeah. You know, we've got some creative, you know, somebody is, uh, I can get the thing started and get you to the third inning and somebody else might have to take it the rest of the way in the, in the details. And I'll let you figure out. Who's who? <laughs> uh, first off, I love that Kara uh, was like the inventor, really, of like a modern day Sim City or like Minecraft. Well, she was making live <laughs> towns love, out of cardboard. Boxes. I love that she got people to drop off kids for five bucks and then put them to work to get crawdaddies yeah. that she probably sold later in the day. <laughs> That's how her mind works. Let's bring I, it back. I, Let's do I it. Catch and release. I was always catch and release. release. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but I I really did. Uh, you know, I think it it speaks to to a, a lesson that I've learned as well. Where sometimes sometimes things will really scare you, but if you're in that leadership position, yeah, you know that you know you have to own it, right? You do. And you have yeah. to be able to you know, handle the worms for the crawdads, even though it's, it's not your favorite thing to do. Yeah. You never do it when there's somebody else doing it. But when you find that you're in that position that you have to, yeah. um, for the rest of the team, it's, you know, you, you suddenly hold the fork yeah. and you make sure that that's happening. And I think that it's, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of lessons I think there that it, it starts to, um, you know, you start to take the reins or however you want to think about it. But I think yeah. it's, it's a, a really important analogy along the way. Yeah. No, we used to, you know, fight over the boxes at Safeway too. I mean, we would get <laughs> there early in the morning. We would, you know, yes. like charm the stock guys into giving us saving the boxes and not Yes. You know, back in the days, they used to burn the boxes, and we yeah, like, what a waste! That's a whole city. That's them. a village. I know this is a city, right? Yeah, it's a whole, yeah. It's a whole got the mindset. Village. Yeah. So I think uh, we're going to share a thought with you here in just a moment. I, you know, I, I equate what you said because I love your thought. What's the worst that can happen? And I, I use Brandt as a great example because I think you take a lot of great risk. I mean, we both do in, in let's say, starting a company, but you're much better at let's start it if it's not working. Mm -hmm spin on a dime and let, let's close that down and work on something else. You know, I feel like I do that with investments. Even now it's hurting to invest in Bitcoin and some other stuff, but, you know, willing to take some risk. Um, you know, and I'm just curious. I know when you think about, you know, we all watch Shark Tank on here and I look at that show and I know one of the categories they say is the worst to be in is food and drink. It's just so hard. And here you came along and, probably the most competitive category there was, but really I was, I wasn't joking at the beginning. I think you recreated the art of drinking water. I think in what you founded just made people not have to deal with boring or no flavor as she's got her hint water yeah. right there. <laughs> yes. um, you, you know, you just, you, you removed so many of the obstacles out there. And uh, I just, 
one, I appreciate it, not just because I'm a fan. I just think you went into a category that was highly competitive and you said it might be easier to be in a space like that. I think it might be even harder for us. We're trying to be in categories where there's a gap. Nobody's trying to do anything. It's just trying to get the, the message out. But boy, when I go and shop or do it online, uh, I, I'm loving. I just, I'm giddy every time I see that that brand logo. And I just think you've really done yourself uh, and, and the world a service. So just well, thank you for that. But there was a gap. And I, and I think like that's, that's the thing that I saw so clearly, but not a lot of other people saw it. I mean, I wanted... I was never a water drinker. I drank tons of Diet Coke. And when I decided I was going to give up drinking diet soda, I thought, well, I'm going to be really thirsty and I should start (laughs) drinking water. But I knew myself enough to know that, again, growing up in Arizona and I should have been drinking a lot more water, but I just never did. It was a chore to me. And for people who uh, don't drink water, they get it. For people who drink lots of water, they don't they didn't really understand it. But when I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in the water, I was shocked that this product wasn't in the store. And, you know, this is like 17 years ago now. I mean, the hottest thing on the shelves was vitamin water. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So much sugar in it. They didn't even have a diet version of the drink. And it seems so obvious to me that a product like Hint should be out there. There were versions of hint in carbonated. So there were, you know, seltzers and with flavors in it, but they, most of them had sodium. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't want to switch my sweetener for salt. And I just wanted fruit and water. And I wanted a still version, not because I had anything against carbonation, but I really felt like if I want to drink at least eight glasses a day, I'm going to want you know, a still water. And I was just shocked that it wasn't in the market. So little did I know when I was creating a company, I was creating an entirely new category called flavored water. But I think that there's another, you know, piece that I think about a lot, which is, you know, you won't actually move forward if you kind of figure out all of the problems, Mm. right? Usually. I mean, it's like, it's really scary territory. And so coming from a totally different industry and discovering little things along the way, that for me was, you know, interesting, right? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of, it was frustrating some days as I started to run into these things. But um, I mean, the fact that I didn't really know how to produce a product that used real stuff that didn't have um, preservatives in it. Yeah. And, you know, I kept asking people going back to one of your questions a few minutes ago, I kept asking people, why, why do you have to use preservatives in the product? And they would say, well, you just do. Yeah. And I, and, you know, I, I just kept saying like, well, why is that? And they were like, it's impossible to create a, a natural product without preservatives in it. And I was like, well, okay, but why is that? And, and in tech where I had kind of grown up that nothing was ever impossible. People didn't even use that term. It was Mm -hmm. like, it's not 
nobody's done it yet. Right. Which is different than it's impossible. Yeah. And so when I walked into the you know food and beverage industry, everybody was like, it's impossible. It's impossible. And I, it was just foreign to me that everybody was talking about how impossible something was. And I thought, how depressing is that to think like everything's impossible. You're working in an industry where everything's impossible. I mean, why work in an industry that's where everything yeah. is impossible versus in tech? Everybody's saying nobody's done it yet. Right? I built, I built summer camps. Yeah. That's right. I, I built summer camps. <laughs> Hello. Right? Who cares? You know, <laughs> what's the worst that can happen? And, but I think, but it's, it's really, it is a mindset when you think about it. And I think, you know, frankly, much more innovation is done when, when you think about the tech industry versus the food industry. Yeah. I mean, lots of different companies are developed in food and beverage, but to actually create an entirely new category, there yeah. aren't many categories created yeah. Yeah. in food and beverage. They're just right. tweaks right. of the same thing. But in tech, when you've got that mindset of it hasn't been done yet, I mean, that's an exciting feeling. It well, is. I'm going to go do it right now versus like, maybe that's what's needed in so many other industries where you just need to be thinking about what can I do yeah. and how do I go do something that hasn't been done yet? Well, let's carry on that theme because I think this fits perfectly around taking risk. I mean, you start with what's the worst that can happen. And then we pulled this quote um, that I think is, is going to marry up with yours. What, what is our thought that rocks this week? Thoughts that rock number two. Yeah, our thought comes from Jim Rohn, and it is, uh, if you're not willing to risk the unusual, you'll have to settle for the ordinary. Um, I think it's really interesting on a couple of fronts, listening to you talk about the the fishing for crawdaddies and and you had to close your eyes and bait the hook, right? With the worm. Sometimes you got to handle the worms. That's, that is our Mm. care quote that we want. Sometimes you got to handle the worms, right? And, and, but isn't it amazing that you sort of channeled your, your inner Robin here with all of the questions as to, well, why can't this be done? Why can't this be done? Why can't this be done? So you, you actually had the vision yourself, but were able to ask the tough questions, which allowed that vision to actually become reality. Right. And, and uh, I guess my question to you would be, what's the most unusual thing that you had to risk to get to where you are today? The Mm. most unusual thing. Um, You know, I think that one of the things that I get asked a lot is, so actually going from when I was, when I left tech, when I left AOL, I was VP of shopping and e-commerce partnerships at AOL. I had, you know, big team that working for me, billion dollar business. And I took a couple of years off. I had young family. I wanted to spend time with them, see my husband every once in a while, and which I hadn't really been doing. And I'd been on an airplane a lot over the years. And I think for me, when I stumbled onto this idea of starting Hint, I really kind of went down, back down to the bottom. And I didn't, I was not concerned about my title or, you know, I was 
chief bottle washer. I was, mm. you know, del chief delivery person. Um, I mean, we have a story when actually, when I told my husband that I had found this co-packer uh, just outside of Santa Cruz um, that was at this apple, um, apple juice plant. And the only time he could actually see me was like at 10 o'clock at night. So imagine this, I have, this is after, right after we launched, we were trying to figure out some of the, um, some of how to actually preserve the product without preservatives. And so here I've got four kids under the age of six. I'm telling my husband, yeah, I'm going to go to Santa Cruz and the guy can only meet with me at 10 at 10 PM at night. He's like, you're not going to yeah. Yeah. at night by yourself. What, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. I, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, I'm going to go with you. And I mean, literally we, we like, the guy said, bring a sleeping bag because I don't know, I'm going to be running apple juice and I don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to meet with you guys or at night. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'll throw some blankets in the car. I'll just sit there, you know, while I'm waiting for him, whatever. But being able to do that when, you know, you've, you've sort of been at high levels, you've been an executive for, for me, it was that was where the fun was, right? That was where the build was because I knew that just by going to meet with this guy um, that I would be learning something. And yeah. that was the pull for me. And so I think more than anything, that is something that, you know, there's a risk. Maybe it's a little, you know, it was a little scary to go at 10 o'clock and I, whatever, but more than anything, the risk was, I didn't know whether or not that was going to end up to be anything, right. but I was willing to go down that lane yep. mm -hmm. to try and figure things out. And, and I think a lot of people and aren't willing to do that. I think as you get older, as the more experience you have, you stop the learning. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And for yeah. me, I think that you have an opportunity to actually get in front of people when you sort of understand, you know, the, the corporate game and you understand a lot of stuff and then you actually want to roll up your sleeves and get back into, you know, the build of things. And, and I think that from a leadership standpoint, those lessons I've even taken into, you know, building my company hint too, where, I always share with people, I want to know every single aspect of this company. Sure. Even we hire people in to do direct to consumer or SEO or, you know, how to deal with Amazon or um, how to actually build out a commercial, whatever those aspects are. Mm -hmm. I actually really want to know the pieces prior to actually hiring people in because that just makes you a better supporter of yeah. what people need. And when things get hard, when people leave the organization too, you may actually be the one who was able to say, um, okay, here's what we need in order to regroup or whatever it is. But I think that those aspects are, um, I guess it goes back to the, what's the worst that can happen yeah, again, yeah. Too, that if you actually, uh, take the risk and you're willing to be scrappy. You're willing to um, understand lots of different things about lots of different things. Then 
you'll just be that much more valuable. Yeah. Well, it goes back to something you said earlier, Kara, which is, you know, you, you can shoot for perfection, but settle for excellence. What, what you don't want is obviously to settle for mediocrity. And even when you look at these old videos of like Jim Rohn, he's not talking just to entrepreneurs. He definitely, if, if he's holding a workshop, he's talking to leaders, whatever leadership level you think you're at, that if you're not willing, like the quote says, to take these risks and, and do something a little bit different, you know, you're, you're just going to be, um, you know, be happy with being in the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that for some people. But I think nobody in a, in a world of, uh, you know, vanilla ice cream want to just stay there. I think people need a little bit of chocolate in their life. I, I know that as an experiential starved consumer myself, I'm always on the hunt looking for somebody to do something different with me. When I go to eat, drink, shop, stay, play, doing whatever, you're you're more likely to, to get a loyal ambassador like me to come back to the well and spend more money if you treat me just a little bit differently. And I think you know, I think about like you and, and your entrepreneurial sisters, you know, I think about Halataha and, and Heather Monahan, who, and yourself, you guys are all over, not just, I think, doing podcasts and, and things like this and, and writing books, but you guys do a tremendous amount of interviews. I, I can't even open up social media without seeing you somewhere on there. I just think you guys own that space, but I think it's not just for the sake of putting a spotlight on yourself. It's you're trying to teach people to do exactly what we're talking about on your end or, or really on Jim Rohn. It's take risks. Don't, don't just settle for being mediocre. And oh, by the way, what's the worst that can happen, right? You, you know, you fall down, but if you, if you will will your success to happen, you will get back up. Um, so, you know, first off, I applaud you on that, but maybe what, what, what's next for you? Um, you know, now that uh, as you're looking down for, for Kara Golden, what is the next thing knowing full well you're a risk taker and you're willing to stick your neck out? Uh, what's next for you? You know, I, I'm a builder. And it, like, I, I think that that's another piece that I always uh, share with entrepreneurs or, or I love it when people share with me that they were an entrepreneur and they don't, they actually realize that they don't like being an entrepreneur. <laughs> they're not good at like working, whatever. What I figured out is there are many different stages at, in, in an entrepreneur and, or, or being an entrepreneur. And I love the build and that's where the crazies are. Like, right, that for going from zero <laughs> And just nothing. It's just there are people. I have, we have a guy that works at that hint. This great guy, John John Morris, and uh, John had a cheese uh, company. John, there is nothing. There is no way that you would put John back to like zero again. John like runs the entire eastern region of of hint. And he love he loves like working in you know 50 million and up like he's yeah. done with that but yeah. i like actually like going back to zero and i think yeah. that it's it's like a really important thing when you're an operator mm-hmm. and what would you guys say to that like where is your sweet spot for you so you know for me it's the birth of the idea and yeah. the creativity around what it's going to take what what can we do that's unusual? What could we do that's different? Um, When it gets into the nuts and bolts of the daily grind, I just want to run face first into a brick wall, right? But I know that. 
and 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 so we surround ourselves with amazing people like like uh, you know Keisha, Dr. Keisha Horner, who's our uh, chief content officer, and Nicole, who is our senior vice president of of uh, uh, marketing and sales. We bring those people in because they bring that to the table. It's what they love to do, right? So I'm not going to try to force myself to enjoy something that I don't enjoy, knowing full well that it's never going to get my full attention. Mm -hmm. um, and the same with Jim, being able to come in and handle more of the logistics side of things, asking all of those questions. Well, how is this going to happen? Well, where's that going to come from? All, all of those things. Totally need it, right? Totally. And, yeah. and you need that as well. But I think it's interesting because... I think there's two aspects of you, you said, you know, the social and sort of a lot of the stuff that I talk about. What I realized when I was starting Hint is that people didn't understand what I was talking about. When I said mm. Hint is an unsweetened flavored water, the number one response back from people was what's it sweetened with? And a couple of <laughs> times, I said, are you listening? I think yeah. it's unsweetened. It's not. Yes. Not sweetened. Actually, it's funny because unsweetened, it's actually since become a word, but it wasn't a word in the dictionary. <laughs> wow. When we came out and, and we kept saying no hmm. sweeteners and people would say, what's it sweetened with? And I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's unsweetened. Yes. And they'd say, oh, okay. And then a few people who were, uh, you know, English connoisseurs were like, you know that this is not a, a word in the dictionary. <laughs> we um, have people on our team like that. what I was talking about. And so that is, that's sort of, you know, the backstory on, on unsweetened, but it's, um, but I found just by telling my story of why I wanted an unsweetened flavored water, how I was getting off of diet sweeteners that people related to what I was talking about. And then the backstory where people would say, oh, did you work at Coke or Pepsi? No, I worked in tech. And they'd say, wow, you can actually go from one industry to go and you know create mm -hmm. another, create a company in another industry. I mean, that is counter to what I thought could ever happen. And just by sharing my story, people would come back to me and this is like the early Facebook days and, you know, a little bit on LinkedIn, there wasn't Instagram or TikTok or anything. I found that that was enough for people to go and create. And I think that if I can do, if I can inspire people to go and create, that is, that feeds my soul. Yeah. And I think that the world needs creators. Yeah. And we, and that's how the world moves forward. Yeah. Well, you are inspiring a lot of people. I know we've got to wrap up with you here, but first off, I mean, I, I was sort of talking about the social media because I'm just, I applaud you care for the amount of energy and time because you, you, you spend a lot with the content you put out, but also interviews like this, just giving us a few moments to share some leadership advice is, is awesome for us. I hope it feeds your soul as well. I know we've had some some laughs along the way. Where where can people stay in touch with you? Like if they want to get more information about your story, your book, Undaunted, like we said, is fantastic. It's in our app as well. We want to share that. But where would you like to send our audience to check you out a little bit more? Sure, at Kara Golden, uh, all over social media, and uh, and 
bookstores have Undaunted, uh, Audible as well. And you need to go on Bookie Call and then obviously link into it, but Amazon too. And it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a fast read. It's um, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, a funny read. Everybody wants to meet my husband theo they're like <laughs> yes you know, every they're like we we love theo but we want to hang with theo and go into whole foods with them i mean he's just uh he's a good one so uh but yeah for sure for sure reach out to me um hopefully you'll get a chance to read the book or listen to the book too and uh and thank you guys so much for having me Oh, please. Thank you. We, we just, we're fans of yours and we're just going to keep an eye on your journey. And if there's anything more that we can do for you, just let us know, but you're, you're a total rock star. So thank, thank you. you. You got it. Thank you. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. on.